0: This morning we're going to be looking at the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to be looking at verses 20 through 49. We're going to be talking about the Christ and his resurrection, the second part of that. Thank you, Aaron, for sharing in the scriptures. Thank you for reading those and, and, and contributing in that way. We, we really enjoy our teenagers and our kids that are able to articulate and do that in such a way They really add a whole lot to what's going on in the sermon, and they really plug in and connect and serve in that way. So thank you to the students who have participated. Thank you to Aaron today, as you have shared about that as well. We're going to look at, first and foremost, we're going to see some of the examples of famous tombs. and The pyramids of Egypt are famous because they contain mummified bodies of ancient Egyptian kings. Westminster Abbey, in London is renowned because in it rests the bodies of English nobles and notables. Muhammad's tomb is noted for the stone coffin and the bones which it contains. Arlington Cemetery in Washington, D.C. is revered, for it is the honored resting place of many outstanding Americans. That is, however, all the difference in the world between the tomb of Christ and these places which we have just now mentioned. They are famous and draw visitors from afar because of what they contain, while the garden tomb is famous because it is empty. There is a difference among all of the things of this world which you have studied, read about, which many people hold dear, but they don't compare when you have Jesus Christ and the faith that we have, the resurrection story, the redemption story of our lives that has left many, many changed forever. Many have lost their lives and are willing to give and pay that ultimate price, not renouncing their faith, but standing boldly in the face of adverse situations and And even though they might lose their life, their livelihood, they might lose all that they have, they're willing to take a chance to trust in Jesus Christ, to not abandon Him because of the faith that they have that Jesus saved their soul and His resurrection story. This story is more than just a colorful gathering of a man from Nazareth. This resurrection story is true, and it speaks to the very root of humankind, and it shares with us the need that we all have. This resurrection story, this speaks to us. As in within our own life, we we know that these things happened in a certain order as he was raised from the dead and the first fruit of those who were asleep. So within our lives, we understand if, you, if you're a scholar, you go back, or maybe you're just an avid reader, you go back and you read in the book of Genesis, you see that through Adam and Eve, sin entered into the equation of all humanity. And because of that, there, there's a pronounced statement throughout the Old Testament that says what? That says, I will send a Redeemer to you that one day He will come that you might find hope in Him meaning that there's resurrection from the dead. There's hope beyond the grave. There's more to this story in your life than just being here, living and dying, making a bunch of choices and regrets. There's more than that. When you understand the need for Christ in your life, when you accept Him as Lord and Savior, when you understand, as this passage lines out for us, that He did, in fact, come for us that he died for our sins that he rose from the grave that he gives us an eternal life a future that is beyond what we can even fathom there's so many people that think they have an idea of what life is like in heaven but I believe that it is far far greater than that we understand eternity is a long time but we also understand that we have a decision to make while we're still still in the here and now? Do we follow Jesus? Do we believe in the resurrected Savior? Or do we trust in our own understanding? Do we think that the world and its wisdoms and everything that it says, its version of right or wrong, is true? Or do we believe that what Jesus says is true? We have to make decisions. Because in Jesus, there's an absolute right and wrong. In Jesus, there is a redemption story of this man from Nazareth. In Jesus, there's a culmination of the entirety of the biblical narrative that hinges on a redeemer. And the world is looking and was looking for some military leader. But what they were looking for is a physical physical relief from what they were dealing with, from all the oppression which they had. They were looking for a reign and a king that was of earthly status. But what they missed, so many did, is that Jesus was here to relieve them from their sins, to save them from the plight of death and the sting of death, because Jesus took what was meant for you and me. He was an eternal Savior, an almighty God with us, Emmanuel, And He paid a price. He died for our sins, our transgressions. He rose from that grave knowing that we too are more than conquerors in Him. That there's more to this life than just what we see every day. And many of you may be in a story right now in your own life and you say, Well, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this chapter. I don't know if I'm going to get past this page. I feel like I'm in one of these never-ending stories that just doesn't seem to have a point where it gets better. It only gets better when you and I understand who we are in Christ. When we understand that this life, everything that we see, is just a beginning, just a taste, just a start to an understanding of how good and how righteous and how great and how loving and how awesome God is. We have to understand who he is, what he came for, but we've also got to understand that he will return again one day. Christ will return again one day, and he will reign Over his enemies. See, what you have to understand is that he is mightier and stronger than any of those that I mentioned at the beginning. He is mightier and stronger than Muhammad. He is mightier and stronger than any of these kings that were of great stature. And if you go and look at the pyramids, you see all of these wonderful artifacts that are worth so much earthly money and and they find these and they are just so happy with themselves for finding these things. But I guarantee you this, if you ever go and search for yourself, you will not find the bones of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. You will not find within his family burial plot, you will not find him because we believe that he is risen and alive And we entrust our lives to an almighty God who rose, ascended into heaven, and because of that, he's before God saying, you know what, I paid for them, they're with me. God Almighty required a sacrifice that only could be provided through Jesus Christ. So we must understand when Jesus returns, as it says in this passage, as it puts forward in our mind the book of revelation that he will overcome the last enemy what is the last enemy to overcome the last enemy according to this passage is to overcome is to overcome death to abolish death even death he is mightier than some of you would say you know what death has the final word death does not have the final word Jesus does. If we understand Scripture and read it as it does, that you and I will stand before Him. We will all stand before Him to give an account of our life. And that means whether you ever believe in Jesus Christ and have that relationship, yes, you will still stand before Him and you will give an account of your life. And folks, there's two different avenues this takes. It's either, well done, thy good and faithful servant, welcome home. Or it's, depart from me, for I never knew you. It's heaven or hell. Don't think that that's a scare tactic. That's just me being real. That's just me keeping it real with you and helping you understand what God has said he will do and he will return and everything will be under his rule. All things will be under his rule. And we understand that God will be all in all. So what hope would we have if if this is all untrue? What is the point if this is all done in vain? What is all this? You know, the reality behind this is this. And Jesus Christ... In Jesus Christ, we die daily, don't we? In Jesus Christ, we die to ourself and our selfish desires. We put aside our plan for God's greater plan. Every single day, we wake up in our human mind and and the world tells us it's all about us and the world tells us it's all about me and it has us to look in a fine, focused lens and look at our own lives when God says something totally different He tells us He loves us. He tells us to look to others. He tells us to love others. He says, love your enemies, love your neighbor, love all people because they will know that you are my followers. They will know that you're Christians by the way that you love. But you must believe that He is everything that He says He is. That the Word of God is 100% true and that it speaks to every single person regardless of where you start at, regardless of where you're from, the mistakes you've made, he's speaking directly to you, saying that you are worth his death and his resurrection. You are worth knowing that his reign speaks truth into all things, that we might have a certain hope in him. And you and I can get so Worked up about current things. We ought to be worried about what God is doing in our lives. And the truth of the matter is, if you are evaluating if this is right, if this is wrong, if this is actually true or not, verse 32 brings it in and says, you know what? If the dead are not raised, Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we will die. What does this profit me if we say that? But also verse 33 teaches us a valuable lesson. Do not be deceived. How many of you understand what it's like to be deceived? To be told one thing or led one way, only to be lied to or something not be right, or something follow through. We all know what it feels like to be deceived, or to be misled, or misrepresented. We all know what that feels like. And, And the passage here is saying, do not be deceived. That means that you and I have to be on a heightened alert. We have to pay attention. We have to be on guard. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to know who we're with, and who we're standing, and what we're investing in, and what we're doing, has to matter, so we've got to watch what we're investing in and the people we're around, because if we don't, we will be easily deceived, because if we don't, we will be directed in a manner we didn't want to be in the first place. I've ran into so many people, and their their words to me was, I didn't expect to ever be here. I didn't expect this to turn out the way that it did. Don't be deceived. You do have a choice. And it says in the second half of that verse, it says, bad company corrupts good morals. Be sober-minded. Stop sinning. There was a video I, I saw years ago, and one of the main characters in it said, stop it. Stop doing it. So stop sinning. Stop doing it. For some have no knowledge of God, and I speak this to your shame, to your shame. But someone will say, how are the dead raised? And they and what kind of body will they have? That unless you die, you can't be raised again. So you and I, we're going to die. This body is temporary. But if we understand Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we know that that's just a temporary, but he's eternal. Eternal lasts forever. What we face, what we deal with, the people around us, yes, that's temporary, but but God is forever. And what we focus in on and what we zero in on in our life matters. So bad company good morals, or corruption that happens because of that. Fourthly, the resurrection of the dead. Resurrection. So it says in this last part, verse 42 and following, it talks about the body, the resurrection of the dead. It says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body and raised an imperishable. So what does it matter? that the natural body would then also be a spiritual body. So in verse 45 it says, So it's written, the first man Adam became a living soul, that last Adam became a life-giving spirit. What's it talking about? The last Adam, the second Adam, who's it talking about? It talks about Jesus Christ being the one who ushered in this new covenant, this new way that, that just broke so many barriers and so many walls for you and I, who were on the outside looking in, those that didn't have a chance of redemption, those that didn't have a chance of resurrection, those that never had a chance of eternal life, those that never got a fair shake in this life, those that turned out at the end of a road that they didn't intend to go on, Jesus died and will come back for you. There's hope in His resurrection. There's life in Him. We understand the difference between Adam in the Genesis narrative and Jesus in the New Testament. We draw two distinctions in that. But we understand, and I hope that you understand this day, that there's hope within the resurrection of the Christ. There is hope within within the understanding and knowledge that you nor I have ever one time been alone in this earth. And maybe this time, this season, makes you feel like you are separated and alone from everybody and everywhere. And maybe the loudest voice that you hear, the loudest voice that you hear is Satan telling you the lies that he always tells you. But I want you to understand That God speaks louder than ever before if you're willing to listen. And he tells you that he loves you. He tells you that he died for you. That when he was beaten and scourged, that was due for you and me. And he took it. When we were just a sinner, when we didn't deserve it, he died for us. That we might have hope in him. There's not one thing in this earth, in this world, that will ever fill that God-sized hole in your life. You can continue down the road that you're on, and you're going to get the same results. If you find your comfort in the bottom of a bottle and continue that, that's going to be your outcome. But if you on this day look at that and say in comparison to what life that comes through Christ and the love that I've heard is for me this day, nothing that bottle or anything else will ever provide, will ever reach that magnitude. Aren't you tired of all that in your life, which feels like a ton of bricks on your shoulder and on your heart? Aren't you ready to know Jesus Christ? To believe in the resurrection of the Christ? To know that you have hope greater than anything you've ever done. Freedom through the sins that you've committed through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. That where there formerly was no way, there is hope in Him. So we draw a lot of things from this. First thing we draw is that We have to accept the biblical resurrection. And the question becomes, why did Jesus have to die? Jesus had to die because you and I were so sin-stained that we couldn't stand before God. We couldn't be in His presence. He loved us enough to send Jesus for us, with the purpose of dying for us, that we might be in a restored relationship, that we might be able to stand before him. And when he looks at us, you know what he sees? He sees the face of his son, Jesus Christ. See, that's what's remarkable. It's not about the road that took you here. It's about the choice that you make today. And it's about a Savior who died for you at your worst moment that you might have life in Him. Do not turn this phone off. Do not turn the camera off. Do not turn anything off. If God is dealing with your heart right now, if you feel the presence of the Lord ushering you into His presence, don't let that decision pass you by. He died for our freedom and our freedom from sin. Know, too that the second coming will happen. He will return one day. If you don't believe me, read the book of Genesis. It lines it out and it says that he will return one day. And judgment will come with him. And those who have died with him will be risen again. That there will be judgment on the earth. That there there will be a payment that has to be paid. And if you and I don't know Jesus, guess what our payment is? Guess what our debt is? Guess where we go? We don't just go into the ground. Hell itself awaits us. And that's eternal torture. That is pain forevermore without relief. Maybe that's representative of your life in the here and now. And you say, well, well, am I stuck where I am right here and now? No. You're still here. Jesus is still offering this to you. It's your choice To accept or deny. He will come again one day. See, the death, thirdly, the death and the second coming of Jesus Christ should make you and I want to live differently. For us who are believers in Christ, it should lead us with a passion with a boldness, with a tenacity, with an understanding that, that tomorrow may never come. So we need to live today as if it's our last day. We need to give ourselves every day and die to Him every day. There needs to be some urgency because if anything, this pandemic, if anything, this quarantine, if anything has been taught to us during this time is that life is very short. We don't know what tomorrow going to bring. There have been so many men and women who've lost their lives and didn't see it coming. But I'm telling you, you and I must understand this, day. If you're listening, you're watching, you're observing, you're seeing this at a later time, this is meant for you, Christ. Die for you and abolish death once and for all. If you're willing to call on his name, he is willing to save you. No conditions. It's because of what he did, not because of what you do. But you've got to be willing to come. You've got to be willing to lay your stuff out before him, regardless of how dirty and ugly your life is. And what he sees of you when you believe in Jesus Christ is he sees his son's face. He sees. Fourthly, we have to be careful what we sow. We have to be careful the things which we invest and live our lives in. Because those kind of things, they're passed on from generation to generation. The things that we do, the things that we invest in, how we did something or how we said something means something to our kids, to our grandkids, to those around us. We are people of influence. Be careful what you sow. Lastly, number five, whose image do you bear? If I were to look at you, and it were just me and you here in this room, what would I think of you? Would I say that you represented? the cross of Christ, that you were a Christian believer or that you bore the mark of the beast because in your life you have chosen to deny Jesus Christ. See, there's no gray area. There's no lukewarm. It's either you believe in Christ or you don't. You say, well, pastor, I'm not sure. That's still indecision means that you need to either ask some more questions, which you can call me, text me, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram me, however you want to do it. If you've got a question, there's no shame in asking questions. The worst thing you could do was be to die and go into, into the grave with the questions you have and miss heaven. If you've got a question, ask it. But don't think that Everything that you've done has kept you out of heaven. You have a choice. Jesus, when we were at our worst, died for us. What image do you bear? Whose image do you bear? And if you need to make a decision on this morning, on this day, I beg you, I beg you, and I plead with you, do that today. Don't wait till we get back together in person. Don't wait until later. Don't make a decision down the road. Don't let this be a good idea. Whatever it takes for you to make the decision that you know God is leading you to make today, then I'm asking you, I'm begging and pleading you, do that today. You might not be here tomorrow. This might be your very last moment. Don't waste this beautiful life that God has given you, carrying the burdens that have held you so much in this life. There's freedom in Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Father God, we come to you right now. God, we admit that your son Jesus provided a way to restore that relationship with you that was severed so long ago. God, you sought to love us time and time again. And God, we let our sin get in the way. We let our decisions and our pride get in the way. We let Satan speak to us and lead us in a way we shouldn't go. Father God, so many of us don't understand how we ended up on this road, how we ended up abandoned and alone, carrying the burdens that we never intended to carry. Father, there's freedom in Jesus Christ, that if we call on your name, Admit the things which we have done. Believe that you have died for our sins once and for all on that cross, that you rose from the grave, that if we trust in you, you will forgive us. And then we turn from that life, that old way, and we walk in a brand new start. Father God, I pray that you give someone here and now the courage to step out and do that. God, I pray as Christian believers, God, that you give all of us the ability to understand the urgency that we ought to have, the passion that we ought to have, the tenacity and boldness which we ought to speak from, because your strength, your might, your word resides in us. We're forever grateful for what you do, what you have done, what you always will do, because you never, ever fail us. God, we love you. We thank you for what you have sustained us through thus far and what you will sustain us through in the days ahead. God, in your mighty name,